0: Did you know the Christmas trees and the farmers who grow them might be a vanishing breed? Well joining us to talk about it is the executive director of the Canadian Christmas Trees Association, Shirley Brennan. Hello, Shirley, welcome to the show. Hi, Brennan. Thank you for having me. So what's going on here? Now I I got I'm gonna be honest with you, I do have an artificial tree and we have for quite some time here, but I still love to see a real tree. What's going on? What's happening?
1: that the aging population is um, is affecting us um, because people are retiring without succession plans so we've lost over 10 years about 20,000 acres which were potentially Christmas trees um, and so it just means that there's a little bit of wor- uh, work we have to do um, to attract the younger generation
0: can you explain to us the Canadian Christmas trees Association uh, of which you're the executive director what is it that you do what do you focus on? So
1: my, so my job is um, I sit at political tables and I do the promotion for the real tree. Um, and I talk to Christmas tree farmers and growers as well as consumers. Uh, what are the trends we're seeing? Um, what is the data that's, uh, that's um, out there so that we can certainly, um, you know, really work with the consumers and retailers to get our industry um, to evolve into the next level?
0: I was going to say, how do you rebound? But is, is that easier said than done?
1: It, it is easier said than done, but we've seen some really nice trends. So the younger generation is looking at how do we evolve from just being a Christmas tree farmer. And there's nothing wrong with just being a Christmas tree farmer. Right. Um, but they want to attract people to their farms more than once a year so they will have wellness retreats and they will have a different commodity of um like pumpkins or sunflowers that sort of thing um so they're really looking at the model of agritourism as opposed to just one crop
0: so here's the thing, and, and I have often wondered about, uh, I, love, I love everything about a real tree. I'm not wild about the cleanup, but you know what? It's a, gotta be a trade-off here. You must hear that all the time.
1: There is a trade-off, and you know what? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So somebody that maybe doesn't want to do uh, cleanup, First off, I would say make sure you water your tree and that will help retain the needles. Mm-hmm. But get a fir tree. A fir tree doesn't drop its needles as as much as say a spruce or a pine tree. So look for that species. Um, but on the other hand, just having that scent and that aroma and that those memories, um, sometimes that is the trade off.
0: The other thing too uh, is that for some people they just don't think they have the time because trying to find that perfect tree is not easy, right? Well,
1: a uh, perfect tree is, uh, beauty is in the eye yes. of the beholder. So what I think is perfect, you might think, oh my goodness. So, um, so it depends on what somebody is looking for. It's a real personal reason and experience that people choose the trees they do.
0: I'm a very poor selector of real trees when I was doing it because I always found that little Charlie Brown tree you know the one I'm talking yep. about right so yep. so that was hard for me but the, the quality of the trees from the the people who are, are raising these trees is really very strong all right across the country but is there a regional difference is it a little different in Alberta than it might be in British Columbia or in Ontario or maybe out in, out in Nova Scotia is there a difference
1: okay so if you ask the uh, retail, or the farmers and the growers in each province, they would certainly boast that theirs are better in the <laughs> province. Um, having said that, I speak for all of them. So uh, we know that in um, the East Coast, Nova Scotia is known for the home of the balsam. So yeah. We know that. Um we also know that there's different species in in British Columbia that can't be grown in other provinces. So it all depends on where you are and and what really um the soil uh can uh, can allow you to grow. It's not always what we want to grow. It's it's what the soil and the, the landscape gives us
0: so why the shortage is it this climate stuff that's going on is it the expense can can you maybe narrow it down a little bit
1: yes yeah, so our um, industry has grown rapidly um, since the pandemic and that is a beautiful thing um, one of the good things that came out of uh, the pandemic was that people stayed home. And so they bought Christmas trees. Um, and the other thing is we're losing land. And th- the other thing was in 2008, we had a recession. So those growers that may want have wanted to expand their, their um, farm chose not to, held off. And now the price of land is uh, skyrocketed. So it is very hard for someone that has a smaller farm to, um, uh, to be able to expand that.
0: So what do you say to somebody here, Shirley, who uh, might be interested in taking this on as a business? Because well, obviously you mentioned that growers are retiring or they're passing away or whatever. How do you try to yep. get somebody excited about doing this?
1: So the good news is you don't need hundreds of acres to have a Christmas tree farm. Okay, A lot of the farms are between 10 and 40 acres. So someone could um, uh, someone could have 10 acres and every year plant an acre. And and then, you know, they would have a, a really nice crop. The other thing is I'm, I'm reaching out to high school students and university students to say, hey, if there's an opportunity that you have family, parents that have uh, property, plant them now because you'll have them throughout those years while you're working, but you also have a supplemental income. So because it takes 14 years to grow a Christmas tree. So I think really educating people that we don't need acres upon
0: acres did, did you sigh or groan when i mentioned the charlie brown tree because that's not a perfect tree but for me it means everything
1: no not at all because i hear it so often <laughs> yeah. and and your idea of a charlie brown and my idea of a charlie brown is different so no i love charlie brown trees because We never place the tree. I don't know about you, but I've never been to someone's home that they place the tree in the center of the room and you walk around it, right? Yeah. So just having that tree that you can put your ornaments on, I love Charlie Brown trees.
0: The other thing, too, that I've found, and sometimes I've waited late before the holidays to go buy a tree when I was buying them and i would intentionally look at that one tree thinking to myself nobody's going to buy that tree and you're right yeah. maybe the back side of it isn't perfect but you can always hide that so i was i i almost gave it, a, it i almost felt like the tree was kind of calling out to me is that yeah. dumb yeah me too <laughs> it's just it's pretty crazy so if somebody wanted to get a hold of uh, of you and the organization maybe they have some further questions on uh, the great work that you're doing out there uh, how do they reach you
1: you can um, go to our website, which is the Canadian Christmas Trees Association. Okay. And um, my email and my uh, phone numbers are right there. Please, by all means, um, reach out to us. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, I'm always available.
0: Shirley, I've been waiting to say this at the end of this. Do you have a branch here in Alberta? That's a joke. Never um, mind. I-
1: I do not, but that doesn't mean that people cannot reach out to me, and and I will certainly pass their information on and help anybody anywhere in Canada um, when it comes to a real
0: tree. Excellent. Hey, Shirley, thanks for joining us on the show today.
1: You're very welcome, and have a very Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners.
0: You too. Thanks very much. There you go. Shirley Brennan joining us, the Executive Director of the Canadian Christmas Trees Association.